Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us today on, um, on this episode of Leading. I am joined by my really good friend, uh, George Caraballo. Man, what can I say about George? He is uh, the district youth director for the uh, Texas-Louisiana Hispanic District um, that's uh, affiliated with the Assemblies of God. He's got years of experience in ministry. Um, I know that he's currently planning a church with, with, um, with his wife, uh, Rocio. And um, thank you so much for, for being here, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and, and talk to me for a little bit. Well, thank you, Ryan. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to definitely be here. Yeah, man. You, you, you work literally like within walking distance from, from the church, which is where we're recording this, right? Yeah. So I, I literally, I could have walked, but it was a little rainy today. Yeah. So I decided just to stay back um, and get into my car. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So. It's, it's convenient because we can have, you know, we can hang out every now and then. We can have lunch. And it didn't take you too long to get here. So we're not taking too too much out of your lunch hour, right? No, no, not at all. Okay. All right. Um, well, man, I'm, I'm really excited that you're here. This is actually the first um, episode that we're going to release um, for this podcast. I think the topic of today is really relevant. Uh, it's not the first one that we recorded. I already recorded another one, but this is definitely the first one that we're going to uh, release. So you got to make it good, bro, or uh, no one else is going to listen to the podcast after no, this. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, well, I, I kind of just want to start with uh, some introductions, man. Uh, if you could just kind of tell people, you know, a little bit about who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, um, you know, anything that you feel is, you know, worth telling the listeners. Sure. So my name is George Carballo. I'm born and raised in Houston, uh, here in Houston, Texas. And um, I've been in ministry um, pretty much full time the last 10 years. Um, been here in the Houston area working actively uh, with the Assemblies of God here and overseeing over 125 churches, youth ministries, um, organizing camps, conventions, leadership training. Um, and so th- that's what we've been doing. Um, but my wife and I are also working on planting a church here in Houston, um, here in the, the Heights, north side area of Houston, inside the loop, um, trying to reach young millennials, um, Gen Z, um, just young adults that are, man, have are unchurched and maybe even de-churched, people that grew up in church and want nothing to do with the church anymore. So yeah. um, that's where we're at right now. And um, our, our progress will, will launch in September of this year, t- of 2019. So still, still got a few more months away, yeah. but but that's what we're working on right now. Yeah, and that church is going to be called uh, Vive, right? Yeah, Vive or Vive uh, Houston. So um, it, it's, it's on purpose um, to kind of reach a... A very uh, multicultural demographic that speaks might might speak English or speak Spanish, so it's vibe, you know, like kind of like reviving and, yeah. and Spanish vive. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. Um, so, how how long have you been doing the the um, the DYD stuff? Has it been like what seven years, eight years? It, yeah, it's going on. Um, I've been doing it uh, for about eight years, so I've been working on that. Okay, eight years. Has has anything changed uh, much, like from um, from when you started doing it to, to like now, um, I guess when I say that, 
do, do you see like uh, major changes in the students that you're kind of uh, leading over? Sure. Yeah. Even in the course of eight years, the generation has changed. I mean, literally have gone from um, leading young millennial leaders now to the Generation Z mm -hmm. that is coming up. And um, you, you had a, a shift in young people that were adapting to the Internet. And now that we, we're now pastoring and leading yeah. the young people that were born in the internet age. Yes. And yes. so they don't know anything different. But for myself, I know the, at least I can remember the AOL dial-up <laughs> modem, <laughs> ding, ding, right. you know, that kind of things. You know, someone grabs the phone, you get cut off of the yeah, internet. Yeah. And um, at least, and, and, that, and that mode has changed. So the next generation has come up behind it where what they're used to the high speed internet yeah. they're used to um they they know facebook they know all these uh, uh social media outlets yeah. um yeah. so they the one generation adapted into it the next generation was already born into it yeah that's that's uh that's interesting man because I, I i used to teach uh, I, I would teach music a lot um and i would teach them to you know to kids and normally when i teach you know to adults um, there's this there's this symbol in music uh, called a sharp, and it's like you know it's like the the pound sign, right? And so if I were teaching you music, I would say um, the sharp is it's like the pound sign on on your phone. And um, but when I'm teaching kids, you know I, I write that and I'm it's like a hashtag, okay, yeah, now. to them. Oh, they're like, oh, that's a hashtag. I'm like, well, I've no one said that before, but yeah, I mean we're kind of moving into that. And the lingo is changing. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, words have changed. I mm -hmm. mean. I mean, back then, it, you would, you were cool if you had a Yahoo email, right, and before right. that, you had a Hotmail email. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's you know, you got a Gmail. Or, now you have to have your own domain, man. Yeah, you got to have your own domain your own as domain. well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, the other day, my, my uh, daughter, Layla, she's three, um, we, were, we were watching cable, which we never, we never do. She's always on, on Netflix, and, and uh, our show went to a commercial, and she was like, what happened? Like, she was, <laughs> she was like, blown away. She didn't understand what had happened. And, and her generation that will grow up, as young as Layla is, mm -hmm. then, then you're going to see a whole nother um, generation of people that I believe that the church and leaders have to get ready for. Right, yes. um, Literally, it used to be every 20 years... Um, you would see a, a shift in culture and generational change. Now that's becoming every 10 years, uh, 15 yeah. years. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, this 20, 30 year gap anymore. It's every 10 years that there's a whole nother shift right. of different people that are right. coming in. Wow. Um, well, and, that, and that's kind of the, uh, you know, the topic of, of today. Um, today's topic is leading in the 21st century. I think it's a really, you know, relevant topic. And, um, you know, speaking of the millennial generation, um, you know, a, a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're kind of already in college. Some of them are, are, are getting jobs or getting into their careers. They're adults um, and they're, you know, they're kind of already stepping into the leadership roles. Um, the other the other day I was actually looking and um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, some sources actually put us in the category of, of, of millennials. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I think anything past 1980 yeah, that's um, crazy. That's <laughs> you know would be considered a millennial. So we're we're part of that. Yeah. Um, and then I think the year kind of cuts off in like um, someone who would be twenty one, twenty two right now. So yeah. And then it'd be Generation Z would right. be the next generation. Right. Yeah. So this is the generation of 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 leaders, right? And um, we're we're a generation that I think you know we demand excellence, right? Um, it's like it's got to be 
4K or at least 1080p. <laughs> um, you know, save, save the MP3 file, send me the wave. Like we, that, that's kind of how we are. We 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 are accustomed to excellence. Um, and we also live, like you said, we live in the you know the information age, right? Um, and so, I mean, we literally we can pull out our phones, and if we have a question about anything, we can get an answer to it. It might not necessarily be the right answer, but it's an answer. And so we're we're kind of um, influenced by so many things, and there's so many different philosophies people are kind of ascribing to, and and we have secularism, we have scientism, we have sure. humanism, all the isms, right? Um, and it seems to me like that Christian leaders, we really need to step up our game um, for for some, for a couple reasons. One, I think people ask why a lot more than they used to. Sure. And with the access of information, um, as a pastor or a leader, whatever you say, um, whatever you say now, one is, is goes on the web. It it lasts forever. It's tweeted. People share it. Um, there's access to information before if someone preached the sermon, it was done and over with maybe after that sermon, but now, um, it can exist for a long time on right. Facebook, Facebook Live, and Instagram TV, all these different avenues. And then second of all, since we have the access to information, anytime we say something, you have an immediately um, ability, immediate ability to be able to respond or and to look at and say, oh, well, is this accurate? If right. you say a statistic, is this is this correct? It, you know, you just can't mouth off, you know, whatever you think might work yeah, or yeah. or oh yeah, this statistic is is correct. Nowadays, man, someone can just easily hop on Google or Wikipedia and be able to find out. Right. So for us as leaders, we have to be even more careful of how we speak about things and talk about things. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And, um, you know, I think leaders today, Christians today, we, we have to be able to answer some of the, the deeper questions. Um, I'm finding a lot a lot of people asking why on, you know, really deep levels. I asked why for a long time. Why why do I have to go to church, right? Um, is it just because this is what we've always done? My parents, you know, brought me here. Like, you get to a certain age where you start asking yourself, well, why should I believe in God? Or if I do believe in God, why is Christianity the the, the right, you know, one? And so um, we have to, I think we have to be prepared to, to begin answering those questions, especially in an age where, again, uh, scientism is really creeping in and, and humanism, which basically says, you know, it, it's trying to do most good for humanity without the necessity of, of God. And so uh, I think a lot of people are being exposed to that. And so Christian leaders, we have to, again, like we have to step up our game and we have to be prepared um, for that type of, uh, of stuff. And um, another thing, and I, I want to get your input on this, is I think we're also competing a lot for, for people's attention mm-hmm. uh, these days. People are influenced by a plethora of things. And uh, it just seems that, you know, if, if we can't engage them enough they're they're gonna lose interest and they're gonna find um they're gonna be in they're gonna find something else to be influenced by um so this is kind of why i wanted to bring the topic for today because this you know has to do with leading in the 21st century um with all these implications what, what do you what do you think about all this i know i kind of gave you a mouthful but or an earful <laughs> <laughs> well um you know what i think it's a challenge that we we must face and whatever way we approach it 
or the way we look at it, whether you're a person that is, um, you know, 65 years old in ministry or you're a person who's at middle age, 40 years old, or if you're uh, a 25-year-old young leader, um, maybe you're 18 years old listening to this as well. Um, Whichever way you approach it, um, we have to understand the time that we're in and how do we address um, these demographics and the moves and the shifts in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 good. Um, do you? Th- I mean, do you think that there are anything, um, any things that that leaders today kind of need to adopt more? Do we need to pay special attention more to? Um, I don't know, maybe educating ourselves or or understanding, um, you know technical stuff because you know a lot of millennials and and, and people like us we're, again we're, we're exposed to excellence do we need to you know concentrate on some of those things sure the the technology is ever-changing and what you learn today five years from now it'd become obsolete you know we're not carrying around a flip phone anymore we're not carrying around some of the mm-hmm. some of the type of technology we even had a few years ago right. or um we want the latest iphone or the or for those android users i'm an iphone guy myself yeah, but yeah. you know uh, we we want to we want to have to carry, carry around the, the latest thing. And this generation is going to always care about those things and, and want to know about those things as well. So I think part of the church and part of, of being an effective leader is understanding these things, um, technology, uh, the, the latest fashion, the latest art, the, the culture, the, the shifts in, in economy and the work, business. Just understanding a little bit. That doesn't mean you're completely immersed and you change who you are. Yeah. But it doesn't. It, it it's not harmful for you to pick up um, a, a, a couple journals or, mm-hmm. or a couple books um, or a couple read a couple blogs or a couple websites that will help you understand a little more. Um, you know what it is. You know uh, in the change of the yeah. shifts. Yeah. Well, what would you say to? Um and I, I hear this a lot, you know, in in kind of the Hispanic uh, communities, uh, predominantly the more traditional ones, um, where they would say, uh, you know, we're 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 watering down, um, we're watering down church. I mean, they might not say the message, but they they might say that we're we're compromising a lot to um, satisfy um, today's generation. What, what would you say to some of that? You, and you know what? Believe it or not, the 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 shift. I feel like in the Late 90s, early 2000s, there began a shift with an emerging church. And I feel that um, as a result of that, there came a church that was a more seeker-sensitive approach. And now that we got into the late 2000s and the, now we're in the 2010s and almost to the 2020, um, I, I really feel that I, I don't think this generation is watering down the message mm-hmm. Um, I think what is one, wanting to happen is that because people are skeptics and answering or asking the questions, people are wanting to get to the root of scriptures. That's right. Yeah. So I, if you look at the, the very popular um, preachers of today, many of them are expository preachers. Yeah. Um, I love expository yeah. preaching, meaning if, if you don't know what expository preaching is, it's you know picking up a book uh, of the Bible um, and studying it, breaking it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. That's the way uh, I do our Bible. Bible study, yeah. um, and and we'll be in, we'll be an entire book of the of the year, and, and we'll, we'll be in one book for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think, and I think that's been, become very popular now. Um, it's not so much topical sermons or just hey, well, I'm preaching on this topic today or preaching on this trend. I think maybe 15 years ago that 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 kind of got popular. 
And then every every month you had like a whole new series, yeah. changed your stage yeah. just to fit that. Now I really feel that that biblical literacy is becoming an importance again. Yeah. Um, and so I Very think much. for me, for me, the way I view it is the one thing that's most important is solid biblical um, content given at a church service. Yeah. You know, a word um, that encourages and challenges and convicts people. Um, but everything else, every other element, um, we can change. Yeah. Um, I mean, we. I, I, I look at other elements. I mean, the, the word, as long as it ever comes back to the word, other elements and in in, as far as like the style of music we play, mm-hmm. um, the way we dress when we come to church or the, the social media influence that we have, um, all, all those things, our parking lot, the way we yeah. um, invite people to church, um, the type of tactics and outreach methods, we're, we're not married to those things. Yeah. We're married to the message of the gospel. Right, right. We're not divorcing ourselves. Um, but we're dating the models yeah. um, uh, that are that ch- change over time. Yeah. So um, I think I think you'll find um, a more almost a, a more studious demographic that's coming up, mm-hmm. where these young adults are coming up and and they're wanting deeper, deeper right. um, connections in the world. Do you feel that? I, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think I think, and, and I include myself in this too. And this is something that I try to. Um, integrate in in our in our teachers here at at our churches. Um, people people want meat, you know. Um, like think think of a think of a college course, right? Um, you, you go to you, you take a college course and, and and you expect to gain something, some newfound knowledge to walk out with, right? Um, but you wouldn't take that college course again and again and again, hearing the same thing over and over and over again. You're gonna kind of get bored of it, even though it's true. Um, uh, you're, you're going to want to take it to the next level. And I think for a long time, we've maybe preached or, or, or taught messages that is like, man, I've, I, I, know, I know this stuff. And I'm not yeah. saying that it's not good, but I want to take it to, to the next level, right? Um, and so I think young, young adults uh, emerging, emerging these days are wanting to really immerse themselves in, in the scripture because they want to gain a further, a deeper understanding in it. And I, I mean, I love what you were saying earlier because I recently just preached the message to my church um, about it's not the it's not the message that changes it's it's the method right yeah the method can change but the the message always has to stay the same um, and so we have to you know we have to be adaptable I think as leaders because um, you know cultures evolve and we have to we have to we have to adapt or we're just never or we're just gonna die you know. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I think. Um, we were talking the other day oh, at lunch. Um, I asked you a question. Do you, do you think that, um, you know, the younger people are starting to, to leave churches? Um, because it seems, you know, from statistics, it, it seems that way. I don't know if you've noticed that in any of the churches that you oversee. Um, yeah. And I, I will tell you this. I mean, young leaders, um, young adults, will find a place that's going to best minister to them. And, 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 I, and I see that 
um, a trend over time as people get married. And now I've worked with primarily Hispanic churches over the yeah. years. And now we're intermarrying between um, no longer marrying just a Hispanic. You're marrying African-American. You're, right. African, you're marrying white, Asian. And so you're looking for a community that's best fitting um, in for you and for your family and the future of your family. Um, sadly to say, yes, at the same time, we are... There are people that are not going to church um, because they grew up in a church that maybe doesn't um, adapt with the times, and and um, not 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 that doesn't mean that every church has to change overnight. Yeah. Um, it's a transitional process that you know it doesn't mean men. You know, if, if a pastor is not used to wearing skinny jeans, you know <laughs> that doesn't mean that sixty years old he starts wearing skinny jeans yeah. or um, tries to um, be the hip cool pastor with the hip cool haircut or right. um, that doesn't mean that. But over time, um, there has to be things that connect and bring people to, together and always constantly bring new people in the door. Yeah. Um, we, I, I've noticed in, across different demographics that there's different types of um, people that are leaving the church because they're finding answers to the hard questions in other places. Right, right. And so it's going back to that biblical, wanting that biblical knowledge and and understanding biblical truth um if if in your parents generation man they just bought it because your pastor said it and that's and that's how it was and it was so and the grandparents did it as well well in this generation um that wants to seek and challenge every detail through wikipedia google yeah they ask uh, why they want to know the why if they're not getting that why answer they're going to go to other places sure. and, and that are going to fulfill those why answers. Yeah. And so sadly to say, sometimes it's not even the church. It's going to be um, through another friend or through their university professor or through another religion and, and or no church at all. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's going to be very messy because it's going to challenge ourselves as leaders to be a lot more sharper, a lot more uh, clear in what we're saying. And uh, to really study a lot more. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, and the reason I asked that question was was because um, I think we identified uh, one of the issues is that today's generation we're not we're not traditional. Um, we're not we're not that traditional anymore. I think I think millennials um, especially are they're a little bit more progressive and and they're they're wanting to know okay well, what's the next best thing. They're not really comfortable just staying the same forever. Um, and so. You know, if, if, if you grow up in church just because that's, it's, that's what your parents did, that's what your grandparents did, um, you're going to reach an age where tradition isn't, it's not going to get you. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of the people that are, are leaving church, they're, um, they're kind of throwing the whole tradition out the window because there's no relationship, right? So I think we need to focus more on creating um, a relationship with these people and, and connecting with them on a deeper level, I think that's what's really going to kind of capture their hearts and make them stay um, in in the church. Um, would you? Would you? What would you say to that? Sure, I think relationship. At the end of the day, one of the things that does not change over time, and even um, e- e- you know, even throughout the years in the course of history, I mean, thousands of years, is that people are built for community. Yeah. And if you want young adults to stay in your church and you're you're listening to this or, man, how do I reach millennials? I think we're built for community. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it comes down to um, you look at thriving churches. Thriving churches um, thrive on small groups, um, groups that are small, people that can talk to each other. They're doing life together. It's not just one person, you know, okay, I lead the group and everyone else just kind of listens to what I have to say. Yeah. Um, no, it's this community of people that are coming together and they want to make a difference. Right. And so um, that hasn't changed. Um, I, and I think that's the thing that the church for, always forgets that we can offer because we're never going to uh, have the latest everything. We're yeah. not going to have the best technology. We're yeah. not going to afford yeah, yeah. the best cameras or the best sound or the best lighting. But what we can offer is deep connections with other people where we're open to vulnerabilities of our lives and weaknesses and we're able to minister to one to another. Um, I think those are the things that won't ever change with any generation that comes. Um, I, I think that there's that sense of belonging, being part of a family. Um, I, I really feel that's um, one of the things that, that I've been speaking to a lot of leaders about and even speaking to our launch team about as we launch this church is that one of the things that as far as reaching unchurched people is that we want to make sure that people um, belong before they believe. Meaning that person doesn't necessarily have to um, believe everything that we believe right away. Yeah. Um, that's going to happen over yeah. time, and, yeah. and and decisions are going to be made, and discipleship will happen. But they want we want them to feel like they're a part of this family right. Right. from the moment that they walk in the door, even before they walk in the door. I, I want them to feel like, man, they're at home with us. This is part of their family. Yeah. Um, you're, you're you're not a brother and sister just because you said yes. You're a brother and sister from the moment yeah, yeah. you know you came in, and um, and so I I think that's the trend that a lot of people and whoever coined that term um, I've hear, I'm hearing it a lot, um, but it's that idea of man if we want young adults and young leaders to stay in they have to feel like that they're part of the family right. even. You know, that it's not just their parents' church or their grandparents' church. No, this yeah. is their church as well. Yeah, that's 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 so true. And um, I, I definitely see that to be the case. And and that's why I, I think a lot of these um, young people, they're 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 con- kind of flocking to churches that kind of um, fill that fill that need. And, and you'll see a lot of new churches, a lot of church plants that kind of um, they target this demographic in and they're thriving because they have that that sense of uh, belonging. Um, whereas, you know, maybe at their parents' church, um, they don't they don't have it as much because you know the, maybe the church or the leaders of the church are not connecting with them um, in a way that they they need to be connected with. Uh, so that's that's so true, and, and that's that's all really good. Um, um, how how careful do you think that we need to be when we're adapting to the uh, um, to the culture, like, do you think it's possible to water down the message at the sake of trying to stay relevant? Yeah, I, I think it's man, it, it's it's very very possible, and I think I think for us as Christians and as leaders, we must always be grounded into what we want to share. Um, as far as the gospel message and how we want to share it, and um, it comes back to the roots of Scripture. Um, you know, being able to come back to scripture and as we're preaching our message, for me, um, my mentality, I believe I might have heard Andy Stanley um, talk about this. Um, the most offensive part of the service um, element at your church should be the gospel, should mm-hmm. be the, the actual word, um, the word preach. Like that should never be um, diluted. That should never um, be changed. Um right. 
but everything else around, I mean, from the moment someone walks in the parking lot to walks in the door, that should not be offensive at all. Mm-hmm. Every, the, because the gospel's offensive, it, it's going to be offensive to anyone, uh, to a believer, unbeliever, anyone. And I, but everything else, man, we should we should try to work as a as a body of people to try to reach people. Um, there are some people that um, I've been I've been learning and a lot more about the unchurched and how to reach unchurched as I'm planning a church right now mm-hmm. in Houston. And um, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I've stumbled upon and I've heard even people say uh, quite a bit is um, really doing anything um, short of sin to reach people for the gospel. Uh, meaning, you know, they'll do anything and everything um, as long as it's not like an actual blatant sin yeah, yeah. Um, to reach. And I think that that's the paradigm shift that, that we're doing in our church. I mean, um, and, and churches all across that are just men, they're really just trying to engage with people and, and find out and, and try new things. Now, um, there is danger. I mean, obviously, there's, there's always going to be danger in different things. And a lot of times people might not like what, what you're doing and it might be a little bit different or... So how, how do you deal with that? Because that's definitely a, a challenge that I think a lot of people face. For example, um, we wanted to do a couple years ago um, an outreach. Uh, it was like a, a trunk or treat type of deal. And, you know, of course, you had some people like thinking, oh, well, we're, we're celebrating Halloween. That's, a, you know, that's a, it's the devil's birthday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Been there. Yeah, right? And so, like, things like that. Like, how do you... How would you ad- address those issues or, or those people that are bringing up these issues? Sure. Well, first of all, most of the time that the people that are bringing those people, those, those the people that are bringing those issues to light mm-hmm. and are getting upset are Christians. Yeah. Are people who are, are already Christians. That's true. Um, yeah. you're, you're not offending someone who is not a churchgoer. You're, I mean, you're offending um, the person that, that that grandmother that's been there for the last 60 years. Yeah. And, you know, she's the faithful member. And I mean, you're, you're offending those types of people. And, and for instance, um, you know, I look at those things as well. And 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 you one as a leader of your church, I mean, I, I would always encourage you to understand the temperament of your church, understand mm-hmm. where your church is at. I feel like there's, we have to walk through journeys and yeah. with them and to catch them up to speed. Um, like I said, it's not going to happen overnight where you're just going to be switching things off. I mean, there's going to be a time um, table that that it's going to take a time to transition. But I think I think when people understand the heart. Um, I think vision has a lot to do with it. So I think if when people understand your heart and your vision behind something, then that goes far better in in convincing people to change Mm -hmm. to where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if if people don't have a clear vision of where they're going, they're just going to stay right where they're at and they're going to be okay with that. But but if you have a clear vision, hey, you know, this is to to reach the lost, to reach different people, um, it's a little bit uncomfortable for us. But and, and, and you walk with people like that. Um, and, and it's very simple. It just takes time. Now, there's some people that are just never going to be on your side. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine. I mean, there's just people that are just not going to get it. But the ever growing amount of people that just need to hear the gospel for the very, very first time is growing on a daily basis. Yeah. And for us as a church, we have to be able to reach out to people um, in, in, in new ways and crazy ways and, and ways that are uh, different from the norm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always put, tell this story. The Bible tells us in Luke about a parable of two sons. 
Um, there was one that was what we call the prodigal son, the one that left his house. He squandered his father's inheritance and wasted all his money, partied. And, he, you know, he, he lived with pigs and, and he wanted to eat the pig's food. And then he came back and ran into the father's arm and the father forgave him. Yeah. And, and the father was about to throw a party for him. And and there was a, and we always preach that and and that's a beautiful story of, of him returning back. Right. But the Bible also tells us about another son that was stayed in the house mm-hmm. that he's there. Um. He's he he hasn't left the house and he's right. asking, hey, where's my party? Yeah, yeah. You know, where where's my man? You haven't killed a, a fatted calf for me. I mean, or a goat for me. I mean, not even. Yeah. Like, and I think in church we have two different types of people. We have the people on the outside and we have the people on the inside. But the interesting thing about enough is that the people on the inside act worse than the people on the outside sometimes. And so the people on the outside don't want to come inside. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Yeah. And, and when we're reaching millennials and going back to the, the, the beginning about, man, wanting real stuff, wanting the true answers, um, if we're not ready to give it to them and, and, and you know, we push people outside, we're not demonstrating who Jesus really is. Right. And... And that's how we navigate. Um, it, it's a cultural shift that has to happen in a church, yeah. um, especially churches that have been long, around for a long time. Right. You know, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on, on leaders and, and, and pastors of churches who want to, you know, satisfy their members first, right? Sure. And so, like, a, like an issue like that, um, well, if we do something that's kind of like borderline, like, oh, should we do it or not, um, we might get some really angry members and, and, and they might leave the church. Um, so I think there's a lot of that. That's kind of a that's a really big challenge for a lot of leaders and pastors who want to kind of, you know, we want to place kind of priority on on our members. Yeah. But by doing that, then we kind of uh, don't place the priority on on those who we want to reach. Right. And so I, I would suggest that, you know, as churches, we we uh, adopt a, a culture where the members are OK with being second. Um and, and, and placing the, the priority on those who really need Jesus. Because the moment we start getting so offended with things, well, we might be getting offended at the expense of not reaching someone who, you know, who otherwise would come into the church. Sure. And one of the things I'm, I'm trying to instill even with my, my leadership team, at my launch team as we start this new church, is, is one of the values I put is we give up our seat. Mm-hmm. Meaning... Mm-hmm. That man, it used to be that in some churches that man, you know, this church was built, and you know, you would have a bench and and a pew that would have paid for by this family, or or and and it was it was and people knew that that was their seat. Yeah. And for me, at the end of the day, um, I don't care if I have a seat or not. I, if I'm standing up, as long as someone else who needs to hear God and ex- encounter God. Man has an opportunity, and I, I think we have to get back to those things. Yeah. Um, I think those, that's where, where I think going into tradition, those need to be our new traditions, mm-hmm. where it comes in where, where man, the people on the outside um, have a place to sit. They have a place. They, they're expected first. Our, the idea, um, hospitality is important for them. Yeah. Customer service is important for them. Um, they, they feel like they're part of the family. They, they, they belong before they believe, going back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and I think that's, that's the shift that we have to navigate through. Um, a lot of times people don't want to ruffle the feathers with members. Yeah. And what it really comes down to, if I had to be very honest, you're, you're afraid to lose money. Yeah. Out of out of yeah, the out of the it. pockets of the church. Oh, that that faithful tither that I've had for the last thirty years. You know, um, you're 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 afraid to lose a person 
But in reality, by doing that, you're limiting the capability of leading the church where it needs to be that's really so, go. That's right. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so what would you say to, let, let's say you're um, an advisor to a pastor who's really dealing with this issue? Because I know that there's, I mean, there might be people listening that are like, dude, that, that's, so, that's so me. Like, I want to do this, but I don't know if I should do it. Um, what, would you, what would you say to them? Like, how should they respond to the opposition from their own members? Sure. I, I think everything, and as far as opposition, comes down to a clear vision. And I think um, Andy Stanley said a clear and compelling vision is what will cause someone to change. And I'm paraphrasing there, but, mm-hmm. but, but I really think that it comes down to um, being able to have people really know where your heart is at, have a vision. And, and when I mean have a vision, have a clear statement of what it means to be part of this church. Um, you know, write it down, post it up, put it on your walls. Um, man, people need to know that when, you know, people that come to this church, this is what we're about. And this is the things we value. And anything that we that is, doesn't fit into those values, it's not part of this church. And I think that's where leaders have to get better and clearer at what they expect and what they want to do and, and where they want to lead the church. Yeah. Um, and when, when that doesn't happen... Um, then, then you create chaos and, and, and there's a timetable. I mean, there's obviously time that you're, you're going to graft people in, but I will tell you this, as more new people are coming and you're discipling them for the very first time, um, be careful of how you disciple and what you present to them as someone who is a brand new Christian. Um, because, um, whatever you adopt them in or whatever you, you begin to, uh, use to assimilate them into the church um, those are some of the things that they'll keep for the next, you know, 20, 30 years. So it starts with the discipleship process as a new Christian comes in. Um, what are the things that you're wanting to communicate with them? Because other people um, will eventually, you know, I, I don't want to say it like this, but they'll die off or, yeah, or they'll, yeah, they'll move away. Or, um, but the new people that are coming through, then you'll be able to really feel... Um, Figure out what their vision, what the vision is supposed to be, and wh- how you, how they fit into that plan as yeah. well. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Um, I want to I want to kind of start wrapping up here. I I have two more questions that I um, that I want to ask you, um, just because I know that you've you've been doing this for a while, and you've you've led leaders, and you've been successful at it. And you have a lot of you have a lot of influence. Um, what do you what do you say? I mean, I, we probably answered a lot of these um, throughout this podcast, but just kind of summarizing, what are some characteristics that you'd say people these days look for in a, in a good Christian leader? Yeah, and and that's good. I I um I I think there's a there's a lot of great things that people are looking for in a in a Christian leader, and I'll put it like this, and I'll wrap up with 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 these. Is I actually wrote a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was like, man, if I were to say someone was coming to work with George, mm-hmm. what would they think that George would expect out of them? And, yeah. and I, I've, I've led leaders for a while, and I wish I could go back and, and, and was a little bit clearer on my expectations out of them. So I wrote six things 
Um, six things that I expect out of my leaders, six things that I feel like, man, would be fit. And I actually used the, the, the acronym, the word things, you know, cause I couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> nice. I was like, well, six things, here's six things, you know? And, and, and so, um, so I, I'll, I'll go through these quickly. Um, uh, one is that as leaders, as if man, we're working together, man, we're, we're T we're always talking. Um, I think talking to each other, communication is important. Um, man, knowing where everybody's at, transparency. Right. Um, man, I, I, if I if I see a Christian leader that's coming up in the ranks, man, w- we got to be talking to each other. Um, if I'm mentoring to them, and if and if they're working on my team, man, we we gotta we gotta talk, we gotta communicate, we have to have that open door. And at the same time, for myself, I want to make sure I always have that open door for them, that they know at any time that they can um, call me, text me about any kind of issue that, that is really bugging them because I don't want to be cut off guard. Um, so um, the first one is talking. Okay. Um, the next one, things I expect out of a young Christian leader or someone that might work with me is H, is uh, that we're heading, that we know where we're going, where we know what the vision is, that, that them as a leader, that they know where they're going as well. Right, right. I mean, transitions happen, they come and go, but, but I think a leader, need, a, a, especially a more mature leader, is going to know where they're heading before they even get there. Yeah. And, and they're going to know the seasons of life that are coming. And as maturity grows and as time grows, you're, you're going to be able to sense, man, I feel like my time is coming up or I feel like, man, I need a little more of a, a boost here or I feel like, man, I, I, need a, I need to work on this area. So a leader's always known where they're heading. Um, I, um, man, a leader's investing and, sure. and um, a leader's investing that I, I feel like if, if you're going to come work for, for me or, or work in a, in a leadership capacity with me, I want leaders that are all in. They've yeah. invested into this. They're giving. They're giving financially to this. They're, they're, they know, they, they know they're, they're investing. They're investing in the next generation. They're investing time. They're investing out of themselves. There, there has to be that. And, and a lot of times, even with millennial leaders, it's hard because people don't want to invest um, or or give things up, so it's 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 about a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I I tell people that man, as as a leader, there's always nurturing, um, and nurturing. I I think I think I I see a young leader. If I tell them, I was like, man, there's some things that that need to be grown in. Um, I think I think there's nurturing, and nurturing involves um, thinking about like a plant. Um, there's there's things that need to be cut off and pruned off and and I think an effective young leader that's really going to be um, effective long term yeah. is always evaluating and looking at things in their life that they need to cut um, whether it's the types of friends that they have the relationships they have there's always looking times of, the the amount of time you're on Netflix yeah. I mean there's nurturing that has to happen um, G um, I'll put it like this a leader's growing. Man, leaders are readers. Um, right, go, right. go to conferences, listen to podcasts, listen to, um, to man, people that are around you. Man, invite someone out to lunch um, that maybe knows a lot more than you do and invite right. Ryan or invite yeah. me. <laughs> um, Pay for us too. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're just growing and, and man, go to school, take a right. class, man, uh, get your degree. I mean, um, take some work classes, continue in education classes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think... If I if I want to see a great Christian leader, man, they're growing. Yeah. And the last thing is S, and it's as simple as possible. It's man, a leader's always they're always serving. Um, and I, I think the heart of service is is 
no matter what age you're at, um, it, it should always be instilled for us. I, I, I saw a quote on Facebook the other day that we have a lot of leadership conferences, but we need some that actually talk about serving. Right, right. And, I think I saw the same one, yeah. And I think, I think that's, I think that's um, the heart of it. It's like, we got to get back to understanding. It's going back to the whole thing of giving up our seat, man. Yeah. We're, we're serving. We're, so th- that's what I would tell young leaders. Like, man, if, if you want to be a part of this, um, those are the things that you, you have to remember. I like that. Um, and, and so those are the things that I, I tell leaders, like, man, you, you're, you have to have the heart of service at, at the end of everything. I mean, humility, um, having integrity for these things. And Yeah. Send, send me, if you can forward that article yeah. to me, I want to put it in the, in the show notes. But it's very interesting because I, I kind of made a, a, a little list myself, and um, I don't have a cool acronym for it like you do, um, but they're very, very similar to what you're saying. Um, one is vision, right? Mm. I, I, want, I want to follow a leader. Um, so I, I, want, I want to be the leader worth following. So I, I, I have to ask myself, okay, what leader would I want to follow? Well, I would want to follow a leader who's, who's got a vision. He knows where he's going, right? Um, because if you don't know where you're going, um, then you're, you're just kind of walking around not knowing what's, what the next step is. And uh, people who are following you, they want to know that you know where you're headed to. Uh, so vision is one of them. Knowledge, wisdom, that's another one. So that kind of has that kind of goes hand in hand with with growing. Um, I want to be able to go uh, to my leader and ask him a question. They might not know everything, but I, I would like them to have some type of wisdom, some type of knowledge to be able to steer me right. So that's the leader that I want to be. Right. Uh, compassionate. You you want to know that. Uh, the motives behind the person that you're following are are sincere, right, and and, and loving. So uh, I, w- I want to have compassion as a leader, communicative, uh, communicative, which is what you said, talking. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. You, you don't want you don't want a, a leader who's closed off and and uh, you you can't get a word from them. They you know they just don't like to <laughs> to talk to people. Uh, and the last one for me is empowering, right? Um, I I think it's very important for leaders to continue pouring into other future leaders and empowering them and helping them grow. And, and that's, that's a part of, uh, discipleship. So that's, that's kind of what I, I see in, um, when I, when I made that list, I'm, you were talking about yours. It's like, man, they're very similar. Um, so, so that's, that's all really good stuff, man. And just one final question that I have for you, um, you know, in your leadership, because, uh, you know, I, I think that you've, you've had a lot of success and, and you have a lot of influence, um, what aspects of your leadership would you say have made you um, influential and, and successful to to the degree that you are? What aspects of your leadership? You know what? Um, you know, one, one, one thing I remember back in college, one leader told me, um, and I, it's always stuck with me um, for, for years and years, and I always tell leaders this, um, sometimes you got to be a, a fat youth leader. Again, it's an acronym, so that doesn't mean you have to go out and eat McDonald's right now and yeah. grab a pizza. Um, but, you know, F, um, meaning, you know, you're a faithful leader. I think faithfulness is super, super important, um, especially as a millennial leader. You, you tend to do things fast, but I think sometimes we have to slow down. And just be faithful to the process. And if you're a part of a church right now, be faithful to that pastor. Be yeah. faithful under submission and, and learn, um, learn through time. Um, being faithful to something. Not, not just because, man, something didn't blow up and, and it grew the way at, you wanted to. Man, God will bless faithfulness. Yeah, um, a, uh, be available. I, I, I think for myself, just being around um, other leaders and being around places where where you can be used, 
um, it, it, it has opened so many doors. Um, just because I'm, I'm in the room or in the right place at the right time, it's opened so many doors. I mean, so make yourself available yep. to people. Um, don't be that, that church member that, man, your pastor can't get a hold of or, yeah. you know, when, when your pastor needs help with something, man, just, man, make yourself available. Let, let say, hey, you know, can, can, I, can I come into the office a couple hours of the day or, man, can I Saturday have some time? Do you need me to go do something or... Um, you know, even if it's a simple task or, Hey man, are you, are you driving somewhere? Let me, let me sit in the car and be your co-pilot. Um, and from there, it, man, it's, it's helped me in leadership so much. And I've learned and it's given me opportunities to be in places that I never thought would be possible. And then finally T, um, be teachable, man. Again, that growth is, is man, you'll, you will always, always, always be a, a better leader, um, through your teachability. Um, and, and, and teachability can come from all different directions. It could be comes from someone that's older than you. Um, because sometimes, yeah, we, we need an older person in our lives that are, that's mentoring us. That's been there 40 years, um, 20 years, um, maybe even 10, 10 years ahead of us. Um, we need those people in our life and then teachability from our peers, man. I love Ryan. We, we grab lunch every other month or try to go once a month, try to, you know, we just learn from each other. That's, um, and then. Even us as young leaders, we have to be teachable even to people who are even younger than us. And yeah. so, man, staying current with the next trends of the next generation and yes. uh, find someone that's 10, 10 years younger than you and, and just listen to them. Right. And listen to what they have to say. And, 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 um, and so I, I think we all need, you know, we all need a Paul. We all need, you know, we all need a Timothy. We all need a, a Silas. Someone, you know, we, we need people in every direction. Yeah, absolutely. That's... that's uh that's really great insight, man, and I, I really appreciate um, everything that you, one, that you do, and um, everything that you, you said um, here today. I think this is a, a great way to launch the podcast, um, doing leadership in the 21st century. I think, uh, I think people will get a, a lot out of this. Um, I, I just, want, once again, want to say thank you, man, for, for joining me. Uh, we're, we're at around 50 minutes. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> These talks tend to go a little bit longer than, um, than I expect that they will, but, um, you know, it's, it's all great content. Um, so once again, man, thank you so much. And, um, you know, say hello to Rocio, your yeah. wife. And uh, what, what are your two dogs' names? Cafecito. Rocito and Cafecito, shout out to them. All right, shout <laughs> all right. out. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being with us, man. God bless you.